check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Throwdown. I'm your host, Zach, joined by Alex and Connor. Say hi, guys. Howdy, howdy. All right. We got an exciting episode for everyone this week, but before we get into that... Before we get into that, got to plug our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of that could be found in the description of the episode wherever you're listening to this episode. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the NBA Finals. Obviously, that is the biggest game going on right now in the NBA. It's the only game going on right now in the NBA, but it's been very exciting. <laughs> it's been very exciting nonetheless. Um we're also going to be talking about a little bit about the draft again. We're also going to be talking more about free agency as well. And then we're going to really dive deep into the NBA finals since the series is where it's at. So, but first let's get into your big basketball news. Not a lot of news this week, except for jazz head coach Quinn Snyder has resigned from the team. According to ESPN, Snyder left the team as he felt it was quote his time to leave end quote. Despite pleas from jazz management and ownership to come back, and this was for weeks since they lost to the Mavericks, Snyder still resigned anyways. He was the head coach at Utah for eight years. Guys, um, end of an era feels like it's coming for Utah now. Yeah, I, I would say for the most part. I mean, this just comes after them having the one seed previously uh, last season. And, you know, it. I think Quinn Snyder is a really good coach. I just don't think the pieces really worked out how they should have. Uh, I I think that there's more to the Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert thing than we Mm -hmm. really think of. I mean, we've been hearing these rumors that they have had a stain for each other all the way back in 2020 uh, (laughs) when we had the league end uh, for a bit. Um. And I I just feel like it it was a good time to move. Um, And and it takes a real man, first off, to be like, hey, uh, I think I think there's a better person for the job right now. And, um, you know, and I I think that says a lot about Quinn Snyder. Uh, The Jazz team, man, they're in a really, really bad spot. Both of your superstars want to leave. I think they need to do a full rebuild and just take the L honestly yeah when (laughs) see I can't you can't even blame Snyder for any of this he Mm -hmm. really he really and you know when you look at his career with the Jazz in these eight years did he get past the second round no but did he at least try and build a incredible contending you know program all the team it's just it's hard to deal with all that drama. And we didn't realize how bad the drama was until this year between Gobert and Mitchell. And not just that, why would Snyder want to deal with that? You know, it's just at the same time, if you're going to get rid of one of the two, then you're going to tell this guy who after his first two years of having a losing season and then building a solid playoff team over the next six years, you're going to tell him, Oh, we want you to do a rebuild when he accomplished really Mm -hmm. nothing in terms of Mm -hmm. going to at least a conference finals with, with that team. No, He's not going to want to go through a whole rebuild unless it's with an actual new franchise. That's the thing. But Mm -hmm. Quinn Snyder, I can't blame at all. He's actually a really solid coach. He really is. And, you know, like Connor said, he's, he's actually shown that, like, he feels like he's not right there anymore. And even if ownership wants him, it's like ownership going, oh, please, we can't handle this drama. We don't want to deal with it. They're acting like... They're like Mitchell and Gobert are like two kids on a playground right yeah, now. Yeah, like we don't know this. what to do. Are we supposed to hand them like a lollipop or something? Exactly, exactly. It's so it's it's really so childish and stupid. I feel bad. I'm happy Snyder made the right choice in getting out of there now. But then that being said, I just think there's too much problems in Utah, and you know the whole blame is really on Mitchell and Gobert. Mitchell got Rudy Gobert. They they got to be good drafting a good drafting team because what free agent is going to be like, you know, top end free agent is going to be like, you know what? I'm going to say no to LA or I'm going to say no to New York. I'm going to go to Utah. Like nobody ever has said that. Uh, Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know any agents are like, yeah, no, thanks LA. I would like to go to Utah, please. Uh, But uh, we're going to talk more about this way more in depth on the next segment, but really just, 
just um really know like we know there's issues but i don't think we know the full extent so so we're gonna talk more in depth about that in the next segment but let's get your nba finals update currently right now as a as we're recording this the celtics and the warriors are tied to two in game four steph curry dropped 43 points uh he had a ridiculous night he just no matter where he was on the court you could just not stop him whatever you did Mm -hmm. it just didn't work Yeah, he just, you know, he's really, uh, he he wants to prove to everyone, you know, I don't need KD to win the title right now. You know, that's the thing is like, he got so disrespected when KD, I think, was on the team by fans just because it's like, he, and not only did he average, I think, 26, 27 points a game in those two finals, in the two finals that they won with KD, but, you know, it's kind of, people are, this is the moment for Steph to show, like, build, like, actually get that finals MVP and shut everyone mm-hmm. up. And I really respect it from him. That being said, though, the rest of that team, I mean, they still got to pick up their part, too, just because that Celtics defense was shutting everyone else down, except for Steph, really. That's what kind of cost them was just Steph was the one guy that they could not stop. I also feel like, too, uh, fans in general rode off Golden State. Come, I mm-hmm. mean, we, we did give them credit at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, I, I was saying that they were going to have a hard, uh, hot start, and that start continued, and that's how they are, you know, at this point of the season. I, I just feel like this team um, is motivated and are hungry and have the experience where they um, are giving Boston a tough time. Uh, but it's a really good series so far. I'm enjoying it. And uh, I'm excited to see uh, if Curry gets that finals MVP or not. I mean, if Golden State wins, he'll probably get it. Or Wiggins. Wiggins has put up a good fight. That one game where he got 16 rebounds um, and, like, I think 18 points. Yep. Uh, you know, that's a pretty good finals MVP type of game. But, yeah, I'm enjoying the finals so far, guys. Yeah, it's been a really good matchup. Granted, uh, most of the games have ended up in blowouts. This last one was only by 10 points, so it mm-hmm. was it was a more than manageable, uh, yeah. I guess, loss, would would you say, where it's like, like, oh, this one was definitely within grasp, but we just didn't finish it off. But well, that, yeah, it was a three. It was a three point game until the mm-hmm. final minute and a half. So, yeah, yeah. so. It was well within grass like and it was just Boston's defense has been phenomenal. But mm-hmm. Steph Curry, we know Steph Curry is like the absolute he he's just a goat when it comes to like his deep three balls. So well, it's hard to cover a guy who could shoot from the parking lot. <laughs> That's all I really have to say about that. Uh, we're going to toss it the break. When we come back, we're going to talk about free agency and a quick little draft outlook. That's coming up next. Hey everyone, Zach here. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you like the show, be sure to follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We share breaking news and updates that are going around the league, as well as show updates. You can find a link to our accounts in the description down below, or search Sins the Throwdown. Thanks so much for listening. Now here's the rest of the episode. And welcome back. All right, so we're going to take a look at some of the possibilities that could happen between the draft and free agency as the season starts to wind down. Now, first off, let's start with the draft. So last week, so there have been rumors going around that the Orlando Magic might be willing to move on from the first pick overall for a big name. So three of the names that have been circulating circulating around the league are Zion Williamson, Bradley Beal, and Rudy Gobert. So if you're the Magic and you want to trade the first pick overall, which of these three guys do you want on your team? Uh, Personally, I would want Zion out of any of them. Just because when I really look at it, Zion is extremely young still and he's got a lot of potential to develop and honestly the you know Rudy Gobert is a talented defensive player but I would want a guy who cannot can be a successful two-way player and also at the same time I want a guy who's not 29 about to be 30 soon I'd rather have a guy who's about to be what 22 23 <laughs> so I'd rather especially when you're when you think about the uh the magic in this case they're an extremely young team for the most part and you would want a guy that you can grow with over the next 10 years. 
Honored De- you got. Definitely. Um, I, I also have Zion here. You know, with Bradley Beal, you only have an offensive threat. Mm-hmm. Rudy Gobert, you have a defensive threat that doesn't really have that good of an offensive skill set. And then you got Zion, who, I mean, I wouldn't say is a jack of all trades, but I would say, I mean, he was a former number one pick. When we've seen him play, which, you know, is a very important thing to remember is he hasn't really stayed on the court consistently and uh, which could be an issue by getting that first pick. But I think that his skill set is almost unmatched um, in regards to just his size and pure dominance. Um, You know, he doesn't really need to shoot three pointers. He's very good at the post. And I, I just feel like he's the best um, guy. The other two guys, I feel like, are twos or threes on a championship team. If Zion's healthy, he could be the number one on a championship team. Yeah, like, for this one, I just put Rudy Gobert, because, like, I feel like with the Magic, they're concerned about injuries, or I would mm-hmm. be concerned about injuries, and, like, Rudy Especially Gobert... Especially since that's a team that has struggled with injuries, with, yeah. you know, Isaac so I th- and Fultz. And I... And I mm-hmm. think some leadership, like some veteran leadership would help out the Magics because they got a lot of young guys that need some more veteran leadership. And Rudy Gobert, it's like it, you can get a lot of great offensive players. It's hard to find a great defensive player in this league. So I think the trade off there is like you trade Rudy Gobert for the first pick overall. Cool. Now you got someone who fills the void of like a veteran leadership role mm-hmm. and bitch. a defensive need that you have to have on this team because the Magic really struggled when it came to defense. So I think the uh, the offset would be worth it for them to trade the first pick overall. But, but Rudy is not worth a number one overall pick. No, you know? but, but I, didn't also, say, I didn't say it was a thing smart is, trade. The, the <laughs> thing is also when you look at it too, sure, you want a veteran, but you know he's not a leader. He really isn't a leader. That's the negative mm-hmm. kind of atmosphere you'd want in that locker room. And Zion, Zion still has to prove himself. I mean, Bradley Beal to me is not in this discussion at all. It's no. basically <laughs> Gobert and Zion. No offense to Bradley, but it's just because when you think about it, he just started with injury problems too, and he's what, 28, mm-hmm. 29 as well. And not gonna lie, if I'm gonna choose at least one of the guys with injury problems, I'm gonna choose the guy who's 22. Also, too, <laughs> like let's I mean, I know um Washington wasn't built perfectly, but mm-hmm. you're telling me that he wasn't able to at least put them in a position where they could contend, you know. And ever since Walls left, he really hasn't really shown. He can show he can score, but he can't really show that he can lead a team uh, yeah. far. He can't yeah. lead a team far. And also, is Beal actually worth a number one overall pick? Zion is the only guy out of those three that are actually worth, even though he's been hurt, based on the fact that he himself is a former number one pick. And also what we have saw, especially his second year in the league, it kind of shows he has that Shaq dominance in him. He easily does. And that's the thing. That's what makes him worth the number one overall pick. Like, for example, with Orlando, if I'm them and you want a guy like Rudy Gobert, I'd rather get Chet Holgram, a guy mm-hmm. who's you know, has multiple blocks. You know, he, he's a defensive and offensive threat. And hit the three uh, ball. I would, I, yeah, I would rather get him at the number one pick than trade. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I, I would that's not want to trade this. I wouldn't want to yeah. trade this pick either. Yeah. But it's more of like if they trade, which one? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. yeah, that was really the question. It's like if they do trade it, like not that they will, but if they do, no, definitely. definitely. Who should they grab? I mean, like I feel like Bradley Beal, like you guys said, not even in this conversation, but he has been brought up multiple times. So there's some of these trades are just not going to make sense, and Orlando might be better keeping that. But you never know in this league, but. Let's let's talk about the second part to this. Is even the rumor or of Orlando possibly trading away the first pick overall a bad sign for this year's draft? Or is this more of a sign that like this might be a more busy free agency? I, I think it's more of a feeling out process. I I wouldn't uh one, I think the issue is there's no definitive number one pick. Um, you know, normally with years where it's like definitive, you don't even hear a discussion about trading a first pick, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but even, you know, last year with Cade Cunningham, there was 
uh, reports of the first pick being traded. I think teams just like to see what value that pick has because some teams might overvalue that number one pick compared to others. So I think I think it's I think it's just customary at this point. And to go off that, I think it's not a bad sign for this draft because this draft is really deep when it comes to guards. That's the problem is that the Magic don't need a guard. They really don't. They have young guys that they already have in there. You know, you look at Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, and then, you know, Wagner at the three. What they really need is a solid, maybe established big man. And that's the thing. Do you want to go with a young guy like Chet Holmgren, who's going to be a rookie? Or do you want to go with a guy who's, you know, dealt with injury problems, but when he has played, he has been on fire and already has two solid seasons under his belt in his third year. He was hurt, but he's still as established as a dominant player. Would you want that guy at your four? Or at the five and you keep Isaac at the four? Like when you really look at it, that's what this comes down to is that this 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 a trade like this would show that there's definitely no solid big man in this draft. It's more of guards, and they don't need that right now, especially with that high of a pick. Yeah, like I think there's always like it feels like every year there's at least like one rumor. It's like oh, someone in the top three thought about trading their pick and they were feeling it out. But I think with this many like people reporting on it, it. Orlando maybe I don't want to say he's getting cold feet on the first pick overall but maybe they're just not totally sold on some guys quite yet maybe things will change by draft day maybe then they'll have like their guy in mind but I I think like I don't think it's like necessarily bad it would be bad if like every team in the top three was like hey uh we we don't want to pick anybody here like that would be a bad sign but I, I think Orlando just kind of like maybe feeling it out, like Connor said, like just feeling it out, see if there's any value to it. Maybe if someone overvalues that pick, you, you know, make the trade. But I think overall, like, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Like everybody does feelers for their picks and stuff. But I feel like for this draft, like Orlando's in not in the best spot because like it's guard heavy. So it's like if the best players in the draft are guards, but you already have guards, like you're not going to keep drafting guards. So I think that's, that's a magic issue. That's really not anything else going on with the draft, but let's talk about some free agency stuff. some moves we could see. Um, so with the recent resignation of coach Snyder, the tension and the tension between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, do the jazz start rebuilding the team? Like, do they start that on draft night just to get the ball rolling? Yeah, I think whenever you can um, is a good time. I mean, this is a pretty good draft, in my opinion. And, and I feel like if you can maybe move those pieces beforehand, that way you can get this year's picks rather than next year's, then I, I think that's a good move to do. Yeah, I, you know, I, I would just start the rebuild as soon as possible once yeah. once once they're able to just this is this is a team that just needs to be blown up. It really I mean, they, they've already waited for so long <laughs> to blow this up, you know? Yeah, that's um that's kind of the thing. I think the Jazz are ready to just ready to rebuild again. It's just clearly not working, so they gotta move on from their pieces, get value out of them while they still can. But let's head into another hot rumor <laughs> that we heard about. So the rumor going around is that if the Nets do not resign Kyrie Irving, then Kevin Durant will leave Brooklyn. So what kind of impact would this have on free agency? Oh my god. <laughs> you know, I mean regardless of any of the issues between, you know, like teams looking at like you know oh kd is kind of toxic maybe and Kyrie's kind of toxic or the situation that would have a huge impact on free agents there's a lot of teams especially maybe a team like the knicks who want to get involved with that and spend a lot of money yeah i I was gonna say that i I feel like this would be very 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 huge i mean that's basically getting rid of a one of the super teams in the league you know quote-unquote super teams in the league um and to have two superstars going onto the market, uh, that would be huge. Also, too, it would make me wonder, would teams try to go after Kyrie so they could try to get KD, knowing that, you know, let, let's say, like, for example, you know, let's just use the Knicks as an example, even though the tax situation probably wouldn't work, but... Uh, 
you know, let's say they sign, you know, they, they'll they go after Kyrie so they can get KD. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. they're going to be a package deal going forward, um, you know, at least for a year or so. Yeah, I mean, Nick, so if that was the case at that point, you know, maybe the capture training right now wouldn't be ideal, but you would just trade away a good amount of those pieces, probably bring in solid picks to build your future off of when KD Kyrie experiment is kind of over with after a few years, and then you build around them a little bit too. So I feel like that would make the most sense. I mean, if Kyrie does go somewhere else, then KD probably will fall because he wants to play with Kyrie. That's the thing. He really wants to play with Kyrie. And he has made that very known. So, you know, it's it's interesting if a team like, let's say, I don't know, Connor, if you'd want the Thunder to make a move for that. It, uh, that, that one's kind of a weird situation because it's like, would you want to have KD come back after what he did? I know it's been mm-hmm. a bunch of years, but I, I Cavs feel like... had LeBron come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never seen him that's yeah, the thing. Cavs had, yeah, exactly. Cavs <laughs> had LeBron come back, and there was no hard feelings in the end. He brought him a chip. Yep. Yeah, I, I guess I, I would assume if he did sign back, Thunder fans would be pretty hyped. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, I would be pretty hyped. I mean, when you get a superstar like that, I just still am a little peed off about <laughs> about the <laughs> a little <Asian> grudge. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, you left us, but welcome back, <laughs> like. <laughs> I yeah, think, even um, if he wins you a championship, you'd be like, why is there not two championships? You didn't yeah. do your job. <laughs> like, gonna go, you're always going to look for the problem there. With yeah. But um, I think uh, that would be a huge impact on free agency. I think it would change the narrative where it's like, before it would be like, oh yeah, the Nets are going to run it back with like Kyrie Irving and Katie and just, you know, draft better bench players and go from there, resign other guys that they need. But I feel like if the Nets don't re-sign Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant leaves the team too, the Nets are absolutely in the worst position possible because like they have to build a team and they have no assets. So I think for the Nets, it would impact them the most like short term wise. I think the like the long term, there's a lot of big names that could be in free agency this year. So adding Kyrie Irving and KD into the mix too, because like the Nets didn't re-sign Kyrie Irving. That would create an even bigger impact on this free agency. Like it would be busy. The the say the least, this free agency would be busy for the NBA. Similar mm-hmm. to like how we just saw the NFL had a very busy free agency. Now it's like the NBA could have a very busy one as well. Yep. Like I I I saw rumors online that like the Lakers would be interested in Kyrie Irving if he didn't get re-signed by the Nets and that they would just not take Russell Westbrook's option. They would just ship him off or do whatever to get rid of him if Kyrie was willing to come play at the Lakers. So can, can you imagine just Kyrie Irving teaming up with LeBron again just to, just to win a championship with the Lakers? Yeah, I don't see it happening. But I don't be- see it either, but it's funny. Definitely. All right, but um, let's head into this last question. When it comes to free agency... Who is one player you expect to be on a new team next season? Uh, Alex, I'll let you go first. Oh, easily Donovan Mitchell. I mean, when when I really look at next season, you know, they're out of the both of them, Gobert and Mitchell, I could see easily Mitchell being the one to go just because it seems like he really just doesn't want to be in Utah, even without, even if it's without Gobert, he just doesn't want to be there anymore. And it's smart to want to go to a bigger better market that's also going to give you a huge max deal eventually so i'd rather see that like like new york and also he has big ties to new york he really does and you know there's been this has been a rumor going on now for the past past few weeks is that he's always at a he's at a rangers game or a mets game he's like making himself like stay in new york and go to things also i'm pretty sure i don't know if you guys know this but i'm pretty sure his father actually works for the mets too Fun fact, I believe he works for the uh, for City Field. But, you know, he has ties to New York other than that as well. And not going to lie, it seems like with that kind of move, Knicks would finally probably move on from Julius Randle and bring in a true superstar who can actually you build around and can possibly elevate the team and change the team for the better. And I see it being Donovan Mitchell. He's not going to want to be in Utah anymore. He's not going to go. I don't think he wants to go anywhere else but New York. 
that make, that makes a lot of sense since he is from New York and he's that been eating out. He's been eating out a, a lot in New York and it's like ah, Nick's. I'm I'm here. Like I feel like it's it couldn't be any more obvious. But and then again, Stranger Things have happened. But Connor, um, thoughts on Donovan Mitchell, or do you want to get into your guy? Yeah, no, I'll take a stab quickly at Donovan Mitchell. I yeah, I think that would be a really good fit. It would be interesting and. Um, it's just, I just enjoy seeing new players in New Jersey's like, honestly, yeah. like, you know, for example, I saw a TikTok today of Juju Smith Schuster and like seeing him in that Kansas city Jersey. I'm like, dude, that just looks so weird. <laughs> like, like KD in a Warriors Jersey, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, kind of like that, you know, but, um, <laughs> but for my guy, I, I went kind of a little bit just because I you know these two guys had really good answers um so I'm gonna go with uh Bradley Beal here we know he's gone but I have him going to Denver uh and I have it more as a sign and trade with Mm -hmm. Porter Jr. being the main focus for the Wizards here um and I I think this would be a good move Beal gets on the team where he's at least, you know, a playoff contending team. You have the back-to-back reigning MVP. And, you know, what what better way to, you know, be – what better team to be put on, really? You know, they have a lot of great pieces. And with Jokic there, you have a good one-two punch. Uh, and then, you know, let's say Jamal Murray's still there, too. That those are three good guys you can build around. Uh, I think it would be a great move. That makes a lot of sense, especially if you do like a sign and trade situation where they ship them off to Denver and they get assets back. Like you can, the Den- the Nuggets have assets they can give up mm-hmm. if they really want to go after Bradley Beal. And like you said, if uh, Jamal Murray's still there, that would be a really good combo for them to have, and it probably elevate them in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, guard play is so important mm-hmm. um, just overall in the league. Uh, you, you look at it right now, um, you got two teams in the finals that have really good guards. Uh, so, like, by having that combo, it could be huge for Denver. Yeah, and you need those perimeter shooters, too. You really do, especially in this league. And not, not going to lie, you know, Connor, I, I like that idea of him going to Denver. I could see him moving no matter what. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I don't know if it's Denver, but you explain it kind of shows like it's a solid choice for Denver if they make that move because it makes a lot of sense on what they need. Now, if Jamal Murray is the one to go, you could still have a solid lineup with a healthy Michael Porter with Bradley Beal and Jokic and build around them. But if Jamal Murray's there and he stays, that would be a huge big three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, the Denver was like, I was kind of surprised when you wrote it down, but now that you explained it, it makes a lot more sense. And Denver really needs to step up their game. Cause like if Jokic is the only one out there scoring, you know, that's an issue. Definitely. <laughs> but, and they've been bounced, you know, in the first round so often, or even, mm-hmm. you know, like they've been bounced so fast and they haven't gotten to the championship, but I feel like that's a huge thing for them. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so for my guy, I have DeAndre Aiden. Um, he, he didn't get re-signed by the Suns. He's just going to leave. Like, there's, mm-hmm. they didn't want to give him the max contract. They didn't think he was worth the money. But honestly, he's still, like, one of the better big men in the league. Like, you have to pay your guys at the end of the day. But there are, I think, two teams that would inquire his services in the big man position and be willing to pay that pretty penny too. I think uh, the two teams I could see DeAndre Aiden moving to is the Mavericks and the Knicks. The Mavericks need a big man. Like they need a true solid center on that team because it seems like they got the rotation just right with the bench and also with Luca and, you know, the guard position. It's the big men that are part of the issue too. Like if you get DeAndre Aiden, he will be crashing the boards quite a bit. Mm-hmm. For for the Mavericks, like he he will be that guy, basically filling the void that Brazingas could never fill in the first place. Like that that's gonna be basically him. But the other team I have him going to is the Knicks. Imagine this. This might tie. This ties in Alex's. Uh, imagine Donovan Mitchell and DeAndre Aiden both go to the Knicks and they both get their like super big contracts. 
that would be huge because the Knicks do have the cap space, I believe, to have like at least like two big name stars on it. And like he might not get like the super max deal, but he might take a really good deal and be like, hey, we're going to turn this team around. I'm going to get some recognition by the league. So those are like those are the two. I couldn't just like pick one. Because it was like, I'm like, he could fit both and get paid in both. I feel like Mavericks would be like the win now versus the Knicks, where it's like paid now. So those are like the two, but both of those could easily end up in a win now mentality. And I think he wants to get paid too, but he still wants to win at the end of the day. Yeah, if if he goes to the Mavericks especially, that would be amazing, him teaming up with Luka. When you really look at that lineup and the fact that Luka could easily get eight and up to like 28 points a game really and elevate not only his play but also dish out incredible passes to him they both can feed off each other so well and they have they have incredible talent especially eight and two he's one of the most underrated talents i believe and you know on the Mavericks, especially you know i like guys like dwight powell and even maxi cleaver coming off the bench but they're not built to be a true starter they really aren't they're good role guys they're good backups but they're not true stars and starters i think getting eight and would actually establish that team as a the fact that this team made it to the conference finals if you bring in eight and you have a solid chance of going to the finals so i like that and then the next one you know that'd be great if they could get both of them in because then you could just finally blow up the rest of the team the, the get rid of guys like randall unnecessary pieces <laughs> and like build around them with talented shooters yeah, it, I I feel like the issue though for that Dallas, I I like the Dallas pick. The only issue is you also have Jalen Brunson that needs that deal as well, mm-hmm. and has shown that he deserves that deal. You also have Spencer Dinwiddie on that huge deal too. Uh, but yeah, I I feel like he would be a great fit there. I I also like the next one. Uh, maybe you would have to move Julius Randle. Uh. In his deal, you're gonna uh, have to, <laughs> yeah, to get Donovan Mitchell. Maybe, maybe it's a Randall Mitchell trade, um, like where Randall's like the main player uh, for the Knicks that's getting shipped over. Maybe that would happen. That would be interesting, though, to have like a big three of R.J. Barrett, mm-hmm. uh, DeAndre, and and uh, Donovan Mitchell. So I, I, I do like those two picks, and I, I really can't wait to see DeAndre in, in a different jersey. Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, that's going to do it for this segment. We're going to toss it a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the NBA Finals, currently tied 2-2. See if someone can get the edge. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting a Teenager. Learning the lingo. GOAT, G-O-A-T, acronym, stands for greatest of all time. As in spaghetti sandwiches for dinner? They're my fave. Dad, you're the GOAT. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. And welcome back. All right. The NBA finals are really heating up. And despite Boston being the strong favorites, we know that Golden State is still Golden State. As long as they got Steph Curry, they still have a pretty good chance of winning as well. The series is currently, as we're recording this, currently tied 2-2. So what do the Warriors need to do to take control in this series? Like, they they just evened it up. So what do they need to do to, like, secure momentum and get the 3-2? Oh. The first thing mainly is that defense. You know, Draymond has really been a liability for that team. He really has. I believe he has the same amount of fouls as points in this entire finals. And not just that, I'm pretty sure before before game four, you know, through the first three games, I believe that guy, like, he has been absolutely, actually the worst defender in the series so far. So when I really look at that, you need, Draymond to bounce back hard these next two games defensively because when you really look at defensively the team revolves around Draymond offensively that's a different story obviously you know it revolves around Steph but the problem with the Warriors is they kind of did it in the first half of this last game and they really can't put themselves in that situation again is they were really desperate first half they took terrible shots 
And that was Boston's problem was that they didn't capitalize on the poor shooting first half because I'm pretty sure when the first half ended, I looked at it and they were shooting around like 35% from the field and like 30% from three. It was absolutely garbage the first half. The Warriors really were, but somehow it was still close because Boston failed to really capitalize on the poor shooting first half performance of the Warriors. But Warriors can't get that desperate again and start, you know, uh-huh. shooting these three balls because next thing you know, you're gonna move. You could miss ten in a row, and Boston actually learned their lesson next time and is capitalizing. Next thing you know, Boston's actually scoring more points off turnovers, getting the defensive boards more, and also capitalizing on the fast break. That's what you can't afford to happen, and that also comes to defensively too. You're gonna have to stack up against guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who are absolutely going off. Definitely. I uh, I I think the biggest uh, way they continue to play um the first off they they should just keep rocking with what they're doing they're doing a great job but i i also feel like uh they need to be more effective shooters uh you know Mm -hmm. like you know right now if you look at the series it's been a very very low scoring series yep but if they're expecting to win um this series by only scoring around 105 107 points per game it's going to be really really tough for them to win i I know boston's been around that you know around that range too but we know the warriors for being scoring uh Mm -hmm. pretty much scoring team normally leading the league in points for multiple seasons uh so i i feel like that's their biggest um uh, way of improvement like what they should improve on yeah i think the warriors just need to sure up their defense and like take better shots that's the only alex literally took my only like comments where it's like they draymond especially like draymond cannot be afford to get in all these personal fouls and he continues to do it anyways and it's really slowing down the team on defense and it's making it hard granted boston has not taken advantage of some of these opportunities where where like maybe maybe a team with like I I don't want to say with more playoff experience, but like a team with like a like another year or two, like Boston would have been capitalizing on all these mistakes. But but the 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 lack of inexperience in the finals is like what is what is preventing Boston from taking a strong lead. The Warriors have that experience; they've been here multiple times, so they really just need to shore up their defense. Uh, just take better shots. Don't take multiple like quality over quantity. And like we're we're seeing guys who are normally great shooters taking these terrible shots, and it's like, what are you doing? Don't force the game. Like let the game come to you. But that's the only notes I really have for the Warriors. Speaking of the Warriors, like speaking of Golden State, which player has just been the most disappointing so far? I I mean I I feel like I know what one you guys are gonna say, but I'm I'm going with Jordan Poole. Uh, I mean he's he was one of the people I expected to have a big series, but he's been kind of around like the thirteen fourteen point range, uh, and I, I kind of expected a lot more from him honestly as being a better option and. I, I think that's what's been the biggest reason why they haven't been scoring a lot is because they're missing uh Poole who hasn't really had that scoring, you know, uh mentality that he did uh through many points of the season. Yeah, uh you know, Poole has kind of disappointed. And also the one thing I will say is like especially last game show was Poole didn't get enough minutes also to try and like, you know, really step up even more, even though they won. Like when you look at it, Wiggins, Curry and Thompson all played 41 plus minutes. And then Draymond played 33 minutes. The only other person is Otto Porter somehow was starting and managed 15 minutes. But, you know, Jordan, Jordan Poole, really, I agree with that. Jordan Poole does need to get the ball rolling a little bit more because he could be a hidden X factor for that team and get him maybe like 20 points just like that and really shock the Celtics. Yeah, like Jordan Poole has just not been the guy that we saw throughout the whole playoff season, the whole postseason. And now he's here in the finals and we're not seeing the same guy. They're doing a great job locking him up, but he needs to. He needs to break free from like Boston's defense and just 
go off because then that allows opportunities for Steph Curry and Clay Thompson to step up and be like, hey, they're focused on him. We could get some really good shots if we set up a play right. But he, he's he been pretty disappointed. I can't say I'm like disappointed in Draymond Green because I literally said, hey, don't be a fool. And he's just been doing that exactly. So yeah, but- <laughs> Dr- Dr- Draymond just made some dumb bonehead moves. I'm not surprised. But at the same time, it's like, you know, your team could up, be probably up three to one if you didn't make these mistakes and actually act like a liability out there and stop making these stupid fouls. But, you know, him, especially considering this is the difference between him and Poole is that Poole, we talk about Warriors having experience. Poole doesn't have that finals experience. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. This is his first time ever to the finals. That I can at least give him. Draymond has these finals experiences. He has learned what it takes to win the championship. And he's also learned why they lost to the Cavs, too, was a good amount part because of him as well. He cost that team a championship, and I really think it falls on him mostly for that. See the way that series went. He should learn, have known better, especially once those next couple of years when they won two more chips. He should have known better than to act the way he's acting in these finals right now. That's why I really am pissed at him and disappointed, because he should actually... I'm not surprised. He's, you know, not going to lie, he's a jackass for a reason. But... Mm-hmm. That being said, you expect him to be a true leader. That's like a that's that's a big issue. He's not stepping up in the leader role. Mm-hmm. Like he how I don't know how you can talk as much as you do and then score two points, nine rebounds, <laughs> eight assists, and how many falls? Hold on, I'm looking it up. He how many falls did he get in the last game? Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure, but all I know is I'm pretty sure he had like 17 fouls this whole series or, or 18. Yeah, fouls. he's ridiculous. Another guy that's been really disappointing on Golden State, except for he had, he just had like a 25 point game is Clay Thompson. Like he's mm-hmm. starting to get into a groove, but he was just kind of disappointed in the first two games. It's like, man, like you're back in the M- NBA Finals. Where are you? So he he he's not the only shooter on the team that's disappointing. Yeah. And he he even admitted that he's like, we gotta help out Steph on Monday. Like he said that in the post game interview. So he he even knows he's like, I'm not doing the most I can do. So well, that's um, the thing. If Steph gets cold at any point, then that's the problem is Clay's might not have stepped up enough. Mm-hmm. And that could cost What's- that team a lot. Let's flip it over to the Boston side of things. So Boston had a 2-1 lead, then they lost it, but it was, you know, still it was their game to lose. So what what does Boston need to do to kind of get that lead back and maintain the lead? You know, like I said, with last game, especially what I showed, to me, that was more of a must-win game for Boston. It really was because if you go up 3-1 on the Warriors, you know next game they're going to start getting even more desperate and you can easily capitalize on that and they're going to take even worse shots. But you blew it. And that was the thing. They had that. They had game four. They really did, and they let it slip away from them. They didn't capitalize. And this is where you got to really like capitalize offensively next game is if Warriors start taking the dumb shots like they did the first half of game four, you have to capitalize. And that was the problem is there was poor shooting performance first half from the Warriors. We all saw that. But Boston failed to capitalize. And if anything, Boston, I think, committed, what, 10 turnovers in the first half. And a good amount of them were especially in that second quarter when Warriors were kind of slipping away. And you saw Boston kind of grab maybe a slightly larger lead right there. And then they let the Warriors right back into it. And then especially, you know, Robert Williams was effective uh, in game three. But then, you know, this Warriors team out-rebounded the Celtics. They they were beating the Celtics at their own game, especially that late down the stretch. Boston can't afford to let that happen again. And then offensively, you know, they, they're doing the same stuff that they always do. There's really – it's just more of the fact that you got to capitalize when the Warriors falter on their shots. But defensively, you know, Marcus Smart also needs to really lock down Steph because he just lets Steph – they, that whole team, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Mark Smart, no matter who was guarding Steph on his shots, they just could not stop him. He put up, what, 43 points just like that? Like, no, mm-hmm. there was nothing. He really did. And that's the problem is when Steph is hot, doesn't matter that the Warriors are most likely going to win because that's the kind of guy he is. Uh-huh. All right. 
I, I think for, yeah, for Boston, it's like they got to lock up Steph more and then force Golden State to take mm-hmm. those really bad shots. That's obvious. Force but, Wiggins into that situation. Force yeah. Wiggins and Thompson into that situation with the way Thompson has been shaky and also Wiggins. Wiggins is putting up, you know, a good series so far with averaging like 17, 16 rebounds a game, but he doesn't have to take that many shots. Force him to take those shots, and there's probably a solid chance that you're going to see Boston somehow grab a 20-point lead next game if that happens. Connor, any thoughts on Boston? Yeah, I think Boston has to be more effective on the court um, offensively. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like I mentioned, uh, this Golden State team, you know, you're holding them around that 107 range, 105 range. Uh, but eventually, things are going to crack. Um, and there's, you know, as the games get more intense, and other things like that, you're not going to be able to hold this team. Uh, so they got to be more effective shooting. And that, that comes with, you know, outside of the two main guys, you know, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Uh, they have to be more effective scorers. And uh, I'll tell you guys in a little bit who's a guy who maybe isn't one of their main guys, but needs to step it up and uh, be an effective scorer for that team. Let's talk about some guys that really need to step it up. We 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 literally just talked about Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. So three guys in Golden State that really need to step it up. So we know Tatum and Brown have been like the dynamic duo in this series. They've both been really playing excellently. Um, couple mishaps, but you know that happens in this in the that happens in any postseason game. Who else needs to step up for Boston to kind of help seal the deal? Because I know my choice right now is Al Horford. Like you got this far, you shut down guys like Giannis and Bam out of bio. Like you, you got, you got to be able to dominate these guys on Golden State. You got to be able to get over Draymond Green and get over Looney. Like there's no reason Al Horford should not be able to out rebound at least one of these guys, if not both of these guys. Like his last game performance, eight point six rebounds, four assists. Like not great. So I, I he needs to be more consistent is what I'm basically trying to say. I'm like, I need you to come back and be more consistent of this like postseason uh, Al Horford that we've been used to in like the first couple rounds. And now I'm like, we kind of need that back. So that way, Boston like can actually win this like like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are doing great offensively. We need Al Horford to step up on the rebounding in the defensive game. Um uh alex who do you got for your guy for my guy honestly it's robert williams what i saw from him in game three is exactly celtics basketball he was the epitome of celtics basketball and the way they play the season and not gonna lie he just had an all defensive team season you know he really has shine this year and the thing to me was game three what we saw from him was that he started, and there was a fun, there was funny. Everyone started comparing him to Matumbo a bit, but that's what he turned into. You know, he doesn't need to do like crazy things offensively. He could get you 10, 12 points just like that easily. But defensively, you know, we all talk about Marcus Smart because he was the defensive player of the year. But Robert Williams is such a key defensive piece for that team. And you know, for Game Three, we saw four blocks and three steals. He intimidated that Warriors team. No one could get by him. They really couldn't, and he really shined through for them. But then that's the thing: is like I didn't, you know. The problem is, is he also has been unhealthy these playoffs, and we saw it. That's the thing: is like he needs to step it up more because defensively, if you're gonna let, like, like for example, Zach, you talk about Al Horford giving up rebounds. Same thing with Robert Williams last game. Like, you know, like you need him to get boards too in the future, in like these next two, maybe three games when he's healthy, especially if he's healthy. That's the thing. You need him to really help help Al Horford out and actually out rebound the worst. Because if you let them beat you at your own game, defensively, especially when you look at that sucks team, if you let that offense beat you beat you senselessly out there and give up. That's the thing. If the if you can stop Steph in the three ball more, then they're going to start going down the paint, you know, get on the way. And who's going to be there that has to respond? Robert Williams, especially. That's where, to me, defensively, that's where the game really relies in Robert Williams for that Celtics team. I think he needs to put up performances that we saw from game three, because if he can put up a couple more of those performances, we could see a guy 
who actually could be a dark horse for finals MVP too. He needs to build his case as well. Same as the rest of the players, but he is such a defensive force for that team that I think that's also kind of what cost them a couple games is that when he's not healthy or when he is playing and, you know, because of his inexperience, especially in the finals too, he kind of lets guys like Draymond, you know, out rebound him when he could easily body Draymond. Mm-hmm. That's all right. Definitely. Uh, Connor, who do you got for your guy? Uh, I have a Derek White. Uh, I, I think uh, since they made the move for him in the season, the team's been motivated and has changed into a different team. And, and I, ju- I just feel like he has to be a more consistent shooter. Uh, right now, he's like last game, he was shooting four for 12, three for nine the previous game. Four for 13. You know, it, it's just like you got to be more consistent shooting. And I, I feel like the team uh, could really use his points right now. Uh, I know he isn't the most consistent shooter <laughs> at around like 40%. No. <laughs> but I mean, like, this is the perfect time for him to step up and be that, you know, shooter that they need. Uh, so I, I think he he could definitely. <laughs> be the one uh needed to step up that's that's a really good point because like we me me and alex were more focusing on like the defensive big men parts like Derek white is an excellent guard who comes off the bench uh but the thing about coming off the bench is like you you know you still have to contribute and Derek white has kind of looked at this guy he's like oh my when you know boston's doing a rotation that's kind of the first guy you go look for it's like it's Derek white out there so I think for boss, I think for him, he he needs to step up his shooting. So like like you said, Connor, like mm-hmm. that's really a big thing. It's like we got you got Tatum, you got Brown, Marcus Smart will take some shots, but you know you need another shooter and like that secret X factor because Derek White can go out and drop twenty five in a game coming off the bench, and that would be a mm-hmm. huge boost for Boston. So. He needs. I think if he finds his groove when it comes to shooting, I think it will be a lot easier for him to score points and then be able to contribute more. And also, going off that, Golden State wouldn't have an answer for them because they're not expecting him to be that guy, that X Factor, or be consistent. So if you catch him off guard and Derek White starts getting hot, you're really going to seal up the next two games. Yeah, it's hard because like Golden State only has so many guys available to guard other guys, especially on their bench. Granted, both teams have a great bench, but if Derek White gets hot, then it's going to be really hard to slow him down when like your bench is out there. So mm-hmm. there, there's just a lot of guys, a lot of variables coming down the stretch. Um, we only have a couple games, few games left before the end of the season. So uh, I want to thank you all for listening to this episode, plugging our social media again, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find all that in the episode description, wherever you listen to this podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you all next time. It sound right, boy.